What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lights Out Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Once you got through halftime and you felt like the refs were deciding that they wanted to be a factor in this game. <laughs> I'm down an alleyway, mate. I agree with Tony Romo. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 43 of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm joined by two hosts, John Ayres over in California, Dan King over in Colchester, Southeast England, and we're missing one. Where is he? Oh, he's playing soccer ball. He'll be joining us shortly. Um, bit of a rough loss last night, boys. Narrow 2017 defeat to the Cowboys. It could have been a lot worse. I did predict 28-14. We had two touchdowns chalked off, so uh, I reckon my prediction stands, kind of. <laughs> I, I got that we'd, there'd, there'd be a walk-off field goal. I got that bit. Just... Well, yeah, John predicted a field goal to win the game. Um, unfortunately, it was Nomeo Grace that predicted it, but uh, it went the wrong way, unfortunately. Um, a lot could have gone right on the day. It didn't. Uh, we'll get into that. Interestingly, Harrison Booker and Greg Zerline in week two at the SoFi both uh, converted field goals over 55 yards to seal the deal for the opposition. It's not great. I mean, to sum this game up, the first quarter, I thought we're going to lose here by 50. It, it was absolutely crazy. First place, Dallas, 16-play drive, four-yard touchdown um, to get them on their way. Herbert gets picked on our first play. Prescott gets picked. I'm thinking, what on earth is going on here? Asante Samuel <laughs> Jr. with his first career interception. Viscano then puts us on the ball with three. I'm thinking, right, OK, we're hanging in there. But we couldn't contain the run. And Dallas went down another seven-play uh, drive. Ezekiel Elliott found the, touch, uh, found the end zone on a five-yard uh, rush. I mean, at that point, we looked like we we're never going to be in the game. I've got no idea what the... Defence was doing. I've got no idea what the offence were doing. There was penalty flags. There was interceptions. I mean, John, what, what was it like from your chair inside the sofa? Well, um, it was it was an interesting game to say the least. Uh, to be honest, there was so many penalties. It was it was it was hard to watch sometimes. And honestly, the TV timeouts seemed pretty long. So. You know, one of the issues I kept thinking was that Herbert seems to be a really good passer when he's got kind of good rhythm going. And it felt like the TV timeouts were really kind of, I don't know, kind of dampening that that rhythm that was going on. Uh, and honestly, the flags were so random and they came out late a lot. Uh, it felt like so like there were plenty of times where any it, it just felt like once you got through halftime and you felt like the refs were deciding that they wanted to be a factor in this game, like every time there was any kind of a big major play for either team, you just kind of waited to celebrate or feel bad until you were sure there wasn't going to be a penalty because they were just all over the place. Um, you know, I think this whole, you know, Dallas always travels well, obviously, you know, you know, when you win multiple Super Bowls and you have the kind of nineties that they have, you're going to get a lot of fans who are just going to, you know, obviously they're, they're ring chasers. They're they're big fans of Dallas because Dallas was good. So like, oh, I'm a Dallas fan now. All right. And then now they're just still Dallas fans. So good for them. At least they stuck with the team um, through thick and thin, I guess. But, you know, because of that, because of their success in that 
that time range, you have a lot of Dallas fans all over the country who are just random fans, especially in LA when in the nineties, we didn't really have a, a major influence besides maybe the Raiders. So um, I, it was maybe, I guess, 50, 50 split. It, it, it depends, I guess, where you're sitting, you know, obviously I wasn't sitting there counting heads and counting jerseys, but it did feel pretty close. Uh, but I would say that there were plenty of very loud uh, Cowboys fans who, you know, it sounded like they would drown out the, the Chargers fans through good portions of the game. So whether it was 50-50, I don't know. I mean, I would say it was probably more, definitely more Cowboys fans than Chargers fans. But it was definitely not like, you know, people talk about that Pittsburgh game where it was literally like 80% Pittsburgh fans and maybe 20% Charger fans at StubHub. It was definitely much more of an even split. So, you know, all in all, it was it was good and exciting but i think the penalties really kind of killed a lot of the excitement in the game and really made it hard to kind of watch and get too excited uh over anything yeah i mean you, you make a good point there about um the 50 50 split there's a i don't know why they need to do it but the nfl network commented to, uh, commentated twice about the uh uh, feel like a home field advantage for dallas i'm mm -hmm. like let's just stick to the game we've got two really exciting offenses on show here let you know let's just stick to football instead of talking about what's happening in the bleachers but dan give us some of your takeaways from yesterday's defeat um yeah well i th i thought there was some there was some good performances we may have gotten behind early but we still had some good players on defense i mean you had um asante samuel playing well um in that first half at least um i i agree with tony romo no surprise there but it was a missed pass interference on that that last one the turnover on downs but we'll take it we'll take it we needed one play to go away from the refs um i think i i was happy with the way i summed it up on twitter yesterday saying um you can't let the refs beat you so we we lost yes there were some horrendous calls but there were so many more flags that we just needed to play cleaner yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those false start calls were legitimate. They weren't phantom calls. Yeah, I mean, you got Palmer and I forget, I, I, I forget all who, who all had those penalties. But there was a lot of bad calls. There's a lot of holding calls, which were pretty obvious holding calls. Like, I mean, it's not like oh, there was a ticky tacky foul. I mean, that was pretty obvious holding, dragging guys to the ground. Like, you can't do that. It's just it was not clean. And I agree, it was it was tough to watch them shoot themselves in the foot. We had a missed field goal. You know, just that that again that looms large because if that field goal is made it's a different scenario there at the end of the game right if, if that field goal is made there's no 14 11 half time score yeah exactly it's just wild <laughs> i mean we, we really struggled against the run you know 198 yards dallas put up but it could have been a lot worse i felt like the charges were defending in the end towards almost out of fear of getting blown away um oh hang on we've got we've got a special guest here he is. Where, where are you? Down the uh, the old uh, mine there, Bess? <laughs> I'm down an alleyway, mate. Yeah. Down an alleyway. Well, what are you doing sorry. down an alleyway in Bolton? Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, I'm, I'm at football. I've come to give you my words of wisdom briefly. Don't you mean, you mean you're at first, soccer? You're, you're at flag soccer, Bess. Come on. The right Come, type of football. Give us, your, give us your thoughts of the game, Bess, before you have to go and play uh, flag soccer. Do you know what? I'm still fuming. Right. I, everyone I keep hearing says, don't blame the refs, right? Which nine times out of ten, I kind of get, but I'm not having it. Apart, the, the Cook penalty was a penalty, right? Fine. fine. 
but you could you watch the Chiefs versus the Ravens game and they let it flow like a Super Bowl game with Crazy keeping guys. the whistle out of their mouths, letting them play. And the refs were on us for even minor infractions throughout the game. I mean, to be fair, there are other reasons why we lost, but it was a very marginal, um, uh, marginal competition, two very closely matched teams. And if you're going to intervene like the refs did and pull us up for things that you'd never see in any other game that week, then you're going to lose the marginal games. And I, I'm not having it. I, I want to replay immediately. But the, the, best to be fair, there's, there's probably players on our roster that would probably feel that right like that on Monday morning. Do you know what? Get out of bed, get in the ice bath and let's go again. Uh, but it goes back to what we've said before about not leaving points in the field. And you can't just blame that field goal. You know, we had two touchdowns chalked off. Um, we had we had opportunities. We had enough opportunities to win that game. Herbert, he found uh, Keenan Allen with, with a, uh, a, a an amazing pass. Uh, we're going to see that all season. But there's no point in him being able to do that or or doing that if we're going to um, struggle on the other side of the football. I mean. This was supposed to be an easier ride for the Chargers. You know, Demarcus Lawrence was out. You know, they they brought in um, the rookie uh, Micah Parsons. He came into the edge. Rush. Yeah, we're not going to have to worry about it. But he actually torched Storm Norton. Our offensive line was very brittle. One thing that did surprise me: Justin Herbert did not look rattled in the pocket, even under the blitz. I think his passer rate was something like eighty-seven point seven. And at one point, I can't remember who was, who was chasing down the sideline. He was he was trying to scramble for a first down, thinking, please don't get hurt. But he, he's fearless. Had Philip Rivers been in that pocket yesterday, Dallas would have had a five, maybe six sacks. And, and that's a worry for me because there's going to be times when Herbert can't move his feet and he's going to get tripped up, he's going to fall, and we're going to lose a football. John, what is the answer at right tackle? Because it's not Storm Norton. I mean, unfortunately, this is something we called out at the beginning of the season is that our depth on the offensive line is not great. And our worry is, you know, when someone goes out, namely Bulaga, when he goes out, not if, when, as we can see, when Bulaga is not there, how is it performing? And we saw it. He storm run got picked on all day. He just does not have the athleticism. He doesn't have the skill to, to fight off uh, an uber talented player like Micah Parsons, you know, give Parsons all the credit for the work he did. Cause he, he made him look, I mean, he made him look like an XFL player, which again, let's not forget. He is, he's a practice squad guy who got starting reps for one season. Well, half a season on the XFL level and then became our swing tackle basically, which is yeah. not great. And then behind him, who do we have? We've got what Pipkins. I mean, that's not a great solution either. So, we're pretty much screwed on the right side until Bulaga comes back. And even if he comes back, you know, how's he going to play last year? He played poorly, you know, cause he's basically playing with injuries all year long. So, I mean, we have no right tackle. I mean, I, I guess we can filer supposedly can be moved over there in a pinch, but what does that mean for our guard position? I, I like Jameis. Brendan Jameis is actually pretty good yeah. as, as a guard. So I think he could jump in. So I think it might be time to give filer some reps at right tackle and see if we can move him over because Right now, Storm Norton's not the answer. We sure as heck know that Pipkins is not the answer. I mean, he's a better fullback than he is right tackle. That's fact. Um, so let's just see what's going on. Um, but it's just it, it was bad at right tackle, and it, it doesn't it doesn't look like it's getting any better. I advocated for drafting a tackle high again, like third or fourth round high, and people talk about oh they they they, 
they drafted Brendan James. James is a guard. I'm sorry. He played right tackle and maybe he could play tackle in a pinch, but I don't know if Jameis has any better of a day against Parsons than Sorton does. So Jameis is a great guard prospect and I'd love to see him as guard. If Filer is capable of playing tackle, which I, you know, if he is great, that could shore up that position for us, but we should have drafted another tackle higher, which I thought we did. And now I'm glad we drafted Trey McKitty who has he even been active. Has he really no. been doing anything? No, not really. And Palmer has been fine. I mean, again, he's a rookie. I don't think he's bad. He's, he's taking a position. Would I rather have T Billy out there than Palmer? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, no, there's nothing Palmer's done to really make me excited and think, oh, that's a damn good thing we drafted him instead of another tackle prospect. So it's going to be tough. I, and I imagine this is just going to be more proof for Telesco. He needs to draft another tackle high, not a freaking Pipkins, not a third round reach of a project. I'm talking about somebody who can step in and play right tackle. Again, easier to draft a right tackle in rounds two and three than a left tackle. Um, so go and find another stud to be on the offside of Slater so we can shore up this offensive line because it is not going to work with Storm Norton. Yeah, exactly. And Joe Fernandez, thanks for your comments. Joe made a good comment there about Herbert looking like a seasoned veteran. But we've got to give him time. We've got to give him a chance in the pocket. Otherwise, he's going to get killed out there. I mean, Rashawn and Slater, he allowed four hurries. Don't want to be too critical of the rookie. You know, it's it's his second game in, in the NFL and Dallas came to play. They brought a lot of heat uh, and we struggled with it. Um, but moving feeler to, to right tackle, I don't know what that does to upset the rhythm and the balance, John. Like you said, we haven't seen enough of uh, or, or any of the, the, the uh, OTAs or training camp tape. I don't know how much the offensive line have worked at, at moving it around, um, but they've got a lot to figure out this week. I'm, I'm guessing the bolts are going to be doing 18-hour days. Um yeah, Curtis Egan, thanks for your comments, Curtis. Storm's got the perfect name for the Bolts, but his play's not so perfect. <laughs> I mean, to, his, his pass block rating this week alone, 16.8. That, look, for those of you not really into the uh, grades and rankings, in simple terms, you may as well have played me at right tackle yesterday because I, I've probably done a better job than Storm Norton. So... We have got some serious issues to fix. We're going to the Chiefs building on, on Sunday. Yikes. But look, Coach Daly and the, and the rest of the uh, uh, crew, it's up to them now to come up with a plan and, and try and plug this hole. Because, John, if if I'm Andy Reid now, I'm looking at tape tomorrow morning. I'm going to go just pick on their right tackle every time. Forget about Slater. We'll just put all the pressure at right tackle and their offensive line will start to break down very, very quickly. We, we, had, we generated, uh, oh, so the Dallas generated so much heat yesterday. I don't know how long we can sustain that throughout the season before we start getting some big injuries on that O-line. And the, I mean, Corey Lindsley, he has some poor snaps yesterday, John. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I think there's at least three that were really low. I, Herbert the, the, was, was bending down at the ankles to grab the football. I was like, it's just a bad day at the office. Dan, what do you reckon? I think so. Um, I think it's, there's there's obviously that that gelling period that, um, as the comment from Joe said, there's these guys haven't necessarily played live football together. They They might take that time to just gel. Unfortunately, that time is is during a a meaningful game in a close game, and you just get a couple of couple of low snaps. I, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Herbert managed to react, managed to get the ball off, but uh, I don't know. I 
I don't know what to think about the O-line, if I'm being honest. Uh, whether we start trying to throw more blocks out there from running backs and tight ends on that right-hand side just to give extra protection, but at the at the cost of leaving fewer weapons out there in the passing game, um, or whether well, that, we end that, up going that, for exactly more like screens. Yeah, That's exactly what happened in that uh, pass to Keenan Allen. Cook dropped in to help Storm Norton at right tackle. There's no and Dallas's linebackers thought, well, you know, this this ball's going nowhere, and all of a sudden it's it's landed in the breadbasket fifty yards down the field. But had had Cook not intervened there and done his job and, and trying to su- supplement the, the offensive line, it, it would have probably been a, a sack or at least a, a QB hurry there and, and Herbert may not have got that ball out of his hands. Yeah, and I think they needed to figure out how they're going to handle the pressure because obviously they can't with the offensive line only. But, you know, there's multiple times where, you know, they were they were seeing a blitz. They were seeing a bunch of pressure coming up the middle uh, and around the edges. And, you know, these whole, like, quick dump-offs to Eckler or someone quick out in the flat, I mean, the Cowboys weren't fooled at all. They were all yeah. over it. I mean, every time they tried to dump it to Eckler or somebody out there in the flat, it was generally a negative play or it was no gain. It was, I mean, they were on it every time. There was no room to make those little dumps effective. So it's it's going to be a real problem moving forward that Lombardi needs to figure out and he needs to get more creative because, you know, just saying, hey, I'm going to build in a little, you know, relief valve here for third down when they're blitzing at us isn't going to work because they're snuffing out that relief valve. And yeah, you don't get the sack on third down, but not converting on third down, creating a fourth down doesn't do you any good either. So you need to get, you need to get some better options out there for him to quick release um, and not just relief valves, because obviously you're not containing any pressure. So you need to have another solution because it's what, what they did on Sunday was not effective at all. Yeah, I mean, we forget as well, this is a um, a rookie head coach going up against a seasoned coach in Mike McCarthy. And we're bad, always... Bad head coach. You yeah, we're, we're bad. We're, <laughs> we're always glass half full on this podcast. You know, we always think the Chargers are going to win. You know, uh, we will admit when we, we didn't deserve to win. and At times we will predict a loss. But, you know, we we, we forget that McCarthy's been around the block. He's probably seen all this before. He's done his work. I was listening to Jerry Jones on the uh, game day morning show on the NFL Network, and they were talking about, you know, have you got a plan? Well, of course you've got a plan. You come to the LA Chargers, you've got to have a plan against Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. And like you said, John, they knew exactly what they were doing. And it's up to us now. In, in a way, it was a good test for us to go 11 4 down so early on in the game to see how we reacted. And we did react positively. That is a massive plus because the charges of last year would have gone down by 50 or more. Am I right? In that game, we would have capitulated. Yep. And I was like, I text one of the guys that is, is a Falcons fan. I said, oh, my Lord. I said, Dallas are going to put a 50 on us here and this is going to get embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And we hung in there. Yeah. You know, we didn't get blown out. We, we hung in right to the very end. And, we, and don't forget, as, as we did have problems on D, but we shut them out for two quarters second and third quarter, you know, uh, you, you look at the numbers from a pure numbers game, you wonder how we sort of lost this. Then you look, then you start digging into penalties. You're like, okay, we gave up 99 yards. And then you start breaking down the individual plays. And then you can see where the game sort of unraveled. But you, you, we've got to take the positives away. Um, and it's a passing game again with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. But we can't keep extending those plays on 
third down and long because we're going to get caught out eventually. Um, I think we looked a bit light in the box as well, but I'm not going to start criticising Brandon Staley's defence after two games. But it's, it's something to to worry about, you know, as a, they've got a good running game, Dallas. And I said it on Twitter last night, there won't be many teams in the NFL that hold Dallas to under 20 points. You know, um, they are going to put points on the board. Um, so let, let's see, you know, we've got two, another important test next week. We'll cover that later on in the week. But any thoughts on, on that, John? Any other thoughts on, on, on the game? Yeah, the defense was okay. I mean, I said it before week one even started that, you know, Staley's defense is usually complex and it, and it has a lot of things going on. So, um, you know, it took the Rams, you know, a good quarter of a season before they really started to gel on defense. So it would not surprise me if, you know, that's the same here where the defense really doesn't get going on all cylinders for a few more games at least. Um, although what really troubles me is their ability to stop the run. You know, Staley was benefited, and you can tell me all day long that he changes his defense for his stars, and that's great and all. Uh, and it look, and I can see him doing that with our our guys out there right now, and it, and it looks good. But the something you can't do is you can't make up for an Aaron Donald in the middle wrecking up the run game, and we just don't have anybody who seems capable of stopping the run. And I don't know how you're going to scheme around that. It's a big problem. Uh, you can say all day long Dallas has a great running game, do they? They they had like what? 10 rushing attempts the first week part of that as an opponent but the opponent had a good run defense so they didn't do it they looked at us and said oh the redskins who had a great who had a really good running day against us and then couldn't run with crap in week two not against us it seems pretty obvious teams are going to run against us and yeah. if they want to win they're going to which again may work well against a team like kansas city who clyde edwards hilaire does not look like a real big threat and again we'll preview that uh later this week when we do the game previews uh but like i i just don't think that the run defense is any good and i don't think i mean credit to to the cowboys who saw that and said you know what is that kellen moore i think is their offense coordinator he said yeah. you know what we're gonna run the ball and on situations where i would say hey this is an obvious passing situation i'd be like nope this is an obvious running situation because we can't stop them and they went multiple times on on fourth down because guess what they knew we couldn't stop them so it was it was bad and you can tell me that oh we held them to so many points and that's great and all but if you look at those those quarters where it happened uh you had a turnover and penalties that stopped two drives both of those drives were going to be long extended drives right and then our drives those those quarters were long and extended so it's not like there was like six or seven drives that you know to choose from it was like they had two opportunities in those two quarters because of how long their drives and our drives were and they just didn't work out for them because of a turnover which was fine i guess and then penalties and self-inflicted wounds like I don't yeah. think our defense was really honestly, I don't think our defense is as good as the score suggests it was. I think it was worse. I mean, watching it live, it didn't look like they could stop him at all until there were back to back penalties that forced them into third and long and they couldn't convert. Yeah. Yeah. We got pressure on Dak on in key situations, but those key situations tended to be obvious passing downs where they couldn't run, run past our, our defensive rush. And it just, it was not, it wasn't great. So, uh, you know, yes, they need, they're going to gel and I'm not super worried about the defense, but at the same time, I am worried about the run defense and how is it going to get better? Because it, it didn't look great. Uh, you know, it didn't look great out there. And I don't know, I don't know what this, what the solution is. Dan, any, any comments there? Joe's made a comment there about the, uh, run defense as well. Um, saying that, uh, the D line is suspects, Look, we need, we need to, 
we're going to have to bounce back with a couple of positive results in the next two or three weeks, and, and we're going to cover Sunday's game later on the week. It's going to be tough, but Dan, if, if you uh, if you uh, head coach, what are you what are you actually going to be doing this week? What are you going to be working um, on? I. <laughs> I don't know how we go about fixing that run defense, um, whether it is, whether part of it was Murray getting hurt early and not being available for some of the game. I mean, he did come back and he did have that huge stop on um, Zeke Elliott to start the Cowboys final drive where he just burst through and just completely bodied him. Um, that, that that was good to see. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, Kenneth Murray, yeah, he, he took the knock. He was also poor in pass coverage. He gave up all yeah. four of his targets for thirty odd yards. You know, there's, it, as I said, to it, it could be a bad day at the office for. Uh, how how much of that guys. is is a result of the ankle injury he was carrying for the rest of the game? Well, there's been there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, and we had messages yesterday saying how much is this is on the head coach because they didn't involve the key players in, in preseason. Now I get why they. They they kept Derwin James and Herbert on the sidelines, but you know, we, we I attributed Allen and Williams as dropped in week one to the fact that they're not they had a competitive snap since uh, week uh, sixteen or seventeen of last season. I mean, John, do you think it's a factor that we we didn't approach preseason in a, in a organic or traditional manner? Uh, I think preseason games are completely useless. I don't think they actually do anything. You can tell me all day long live reps, but if you've got your one, your number one defense going against your number one offense, uh, I think that our offense and our defense are good enough that they make each other better. And if you're going hard, and you saw in those kind of all-in sequences where they've got everything's on a, everything's on a time and schedule and all that stuff, I don't know how much it's going to change. You know, those drops, those are drops. Like, you can't. Live reps don't change drops. If you're running the wrong route, yeah, live reps could change that. And maybe these false starts could, again, maybe the false starts could be changed. But again, false starts tend to happen when there's pressure and there's people in the stadium and there's all the things. I mean, you've been to preseason games. They don't get loud. They don't get, they're they're not exciting. They're not pressure, right? So, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't personally think reps in the preseason are a big deal for guys. Maybe rookies, yeah, but I just don't think so. I think there's just a certain learning curve. And honestly, every year we see this. Offenses look a lot better in the beginning of the year than they do towards the middle of the year because defense is just defense just takes time. And yeah. no matter how you try to simulate it in practice or how you simulate it in a fake game that has, you know, only half the starters anyways, right? Like neither of those scenarios really prepare a defense to play in a real life actual NFL game. So I don't really believe that the, the, the lack of preseason reps really changes it that much. So I'm, I, you're not going to sell me that they need to play more preseason snaps. I, I think they should never, honestly, preseason is, is a waste of time in my opinion. That's just, I, this is how I feel like you can do these scrimmages. You can do these, you know, these drills and all that stuff to simulate everything you need to simulate. And then anything else won't be simulated against backups. It'll be simulated against real players in, in real-life games. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and you've got a – Curtis, that's a question there. Is there a 3-4 run D mainly on the linebackers? Well, it, 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 if you can't tackle, it doesn't matter what how you, you line up and how you prepare for the offence. And even Derwin James missed a tackle yesterday. It was like, what what is going on there? You know, he's, he's, he's a phenomenal player, but even he has times in the game where – He's not going to step up to the mark, and it's it's those crucial times is where we, we come unstuck. 
this is a week to week league. Week two, absolutely crazy. If you look up and down the league at some of the scores I got in, I had dinner, um, watched the highlights from all yesterday's games. I mean, the Vikings game uh, with the Cardinals, the, the Ravens game with the Chiefs. You, you just couldn't make this up. If we'd have all sat here on on uh, Friday, last Thursday, Friday last week and said, right, it'd be 17 20 Dallas, 12 penalties for charge with two touchdowns chalked off. Dallas would, would get flagged for eight penalties. We'd have been carted off and said, don't ever appear on YouTube ever again. Um, you don't know what you're talking about. You just don't know what's going to happen. But I keep hearing on the on the uh, network podcast, it's the same old charges. And I think that's the irritating thing for us as fans. We need to get away from this. You know, yeah, we hung in there yesterday, but there's still things that are uh, uh, affecting us as they've done in the in the previous two seasons. I wrote on charge.bolts.com today, you know, this is still an evolving team under coach uh, Staley. We, we've got to stay patient and trust in him that he knows what he's doing because we're not going to get miracles from this team. I personally think we're maybe three or four players, if not five players, from being a, a, a consistent playoffs team in the AFC. Um, would you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure it's even that many. It's just someone in the middle and someone on the edge. Um, on defense, someone on the right side of the line. I mean, that's that's our only hole on offense. I feel like is is the right side, and then just depth. Um, so I I don't know. It's we we can't forget our head coach has never had a losing record as a head coach. So very true. <laughs> let's hope that's things that are today, okay this time next week. Well, we still don't have a losing record, so. That's true. You know, That's like true. we're still. I mean, we keep talking about this game. Like, oh man, what a you know. And it's, it's this has ended our season. Yeah, no. it's, it's week two. Uh, Cowboys have won one. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a lot of one and one teams, right? Like there's also teams like the Raiders who are two and zero. Oh. Do we think the Raiders are a powerful you know team now? I just the Panthers. Yeah, do we think the Panthers are are winning that? I mean, maybe I, the, NFC, the <laughs> NFC South. Okay, so the NFC East is the worst division in football always. Those teams are all just garbage, yeah. in my opinion. The NFC South is like the most crazy division. If you look at their track them year to year, it is so rare that you get back-to-back uh, champions in that in that division because it's just so crazy. It changes all the time. So I don't know. I I, I try I try not to get too involved in the South or the East and the <laughs> NFC, but I try to focus on the AFC West. And the AFC West... I'm not worried. And again, at the beginning of the season, we all talked about it. I didn't think this was a playoff team. I know a lot of people were like, hey, maybe they squeak in. And yeah, maybe maybe they're a wild card team. They're definitely not. And they're still well within playoff reach after two weeks. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody's, everybody is within playoff reach in two weeks. There's not a single team out there who is not. Even the yes. Texans. The Texans are one and one Everyone's like, oh, they're going to be awful. Well, guess what? They're one and one So yeah, maybe not the Jets. The Jets are already out of it. But um, besides the Jets... <laughs> Everybody still has a chance in my own. Oh, maybe the Jags, too. The Jags are pretty bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Trevor Jags Wallace, another interception. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, Time he throws. <laughs> so if, you're, if you're quiet in the distance, you can hear him throwing another interception right now. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not too worried. I just, I think what really hurts is that we felt like this was a winnable game and it was. I mean, the Cowboys, honestly, the Cowboys were, ha- were doing just as much as the Chargers to lose this one. Neither, honestly, it didn't matter who won. I, in my opinion, neither team deserved to win this game. It was a shit show. And if they played decent, if each of these teams played this kind of game against a decent team, they would have got run out of the stadium. Neither team deserved to win. It was, I mean, that last sequence at the end of the game, oh, like yeah, 17 seconds and a timeout, and you don't even run like a draw play. 
Like you just, oh, I'm just going to call a timeout with four seconds and make my kicker kick it 56 yards. Yes, he made it. Congratulations. But why make it harder? Why not try to run? Why not? You know, it just, it boggles my mind how they, how they screwed that. And they, they wasted timeouts earlier on. I mean, just, yeah. that was, that was crap. So, I mean, honestly, apparently, both uh, teams played poorly. Apparently Dallas said they couldn't see the game clock. Sounds like an excuse, but look, they're the ones no. that wake There's up no this morning with that. a W, but you know, Look, that's it for another show on the Charge Up Bolts podcast. Thank you to Joe and Curtis for your comments. We'll be back in midweek to preview the Chiefs. We're one on one. It's Kansas City on Sunday. Bolt up. <laughs>